0: Amen. You may be seated. Well, how are you this morning? Okay, I'll take all those mumbles as good. (laughs) Glory. I can't not imagine living in some other country. Oh my gosh. But I guess, you know what, we're not going to have to imagine because it's certainly here. It's coming in small degrees here more and more. All right, title of my message this morning is All Flesh Is As Grass. All of it. Now, as I look at my grass the other day, I probably got one more lawnmower cutting job. And most of it is probably just to mulch the leaves. We got leaves everywhere like snowfall. And the grass that was once rich and vibrant and gosh, we had to cut it almost like twice a week. I don't know if you did, but it was like we had to cut it twice a week. And, so, and now it's history that's what the scripture says all flesh even our sweet little cuties that we dedicated to the lord today they're in the spring of their growth some of us are in the winter of our growth it doesn't seem like all this can happen in in such a quick time but it does it's unbelievable so all flesh every one of you no matter where you're at in life if you're in the spring the very nurturing the beginning of your life the summer, everything is cool and you're strong, or the fall, you're starting to feel the aches and pains, or winter, where you're like, "Sweet Lord, have mercy." That's where that's where we're at. That's where we're all going. Um, the way it is. So listen to this. It's the word of God. Luke nine twenty five says this: "For what is a man's advantage? What is your advantage now, all of you, humans, human beings, mankind?" What is your advantage if you gain the whole world and lose himself, it says? And you'll lose yourself or be cast away. What's your advantage? It's a question from Almighty God written by Luke. So today I would ask you, what is What is your advantage? If you gain everything and you yourself become a castaway, what advantage have, have you made? Or how about this question? What would you exchange for you to be able to have everything, drive anything, live anything, wear anything, go anywhere right now, what would you exchange for that? That's the question from Luke. And word gain means to acquire, to get gain. Isn't this what drives us? Gain, to achieve, to get more, to have more, bigger, better, nicer, better job, more money, better pay. Matthew says this, For what is a man profit if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Lose your soul. What would your profit be? Think of that now. If you gained the entire world, think of that. If you gained the entire world and all its riches and lost your soul, so at the end of your balance book, what would your profit be? Says Matthew to you. How much do you think? All the money in the world, and anything you want, go anywhere, do anything, own anything. What would your bottom line be? All right. Psalms 39.4 says this, Lord, make me know my end. That's my intent this morning because every one of us thinks someone else is going to die. The other neighbor, the other child, the other husband, the other wife, the other uncle, the other grandpa. Someone else. Someone else is going to die. Lord, make me know my end and the measure of my days. What is it that I may know how frail I am? Do you understand (laughs) you are so frail? You are so frail. I mean... I don't like to think I'm frail, but I am. I I probably couldn't withstand a stumble and a fall off this stage, and it's only what thirty some inches, maybe. I mean, animals can leap ten feet and swing all through trees. I can't stumble and fall because we're we're just so frail. The Lord said so. Psalmist says, "Lord, make me to know my end. Let me understand how fragile and how frail and how quick." Life is, and what we do, spending our time. Are we really going after that flame? Make me that burning flame, Lord. Where are you at in life? Deuteronomy 32, 29 says, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this. Us, we're supposed to know this. We're godly people, supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God, have the wisdom of God, have Scripture coming back to us. We should know how we should be living. Oh, that they were wise, that they understand this, that they would consider their latter end. You know, I'm really thankful that you're saved, and I'm assuming you're saved, according to the Word of God, not according to America's Gospel, but according to the Word, that you're saved, washed in the blood, have asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. But you understand you have to endure to the end your race is not over you haven't crossed the finish line yet matthew 10 says this he that endureth to the end shall be saved not who that just gets saved you got to endure to the, you got to make it to the finish line of what god god knows the end of your finish line the end of the world the end of my life And you have to make, you got to snap that line running for God. You got to endure. That means you have to hold fast. You have to take the afflictions, the battles, whatever it is, the uphill climbs, another flood, whatever it is, you got to endure to the end. Not just come to church or say a prayer. That's a silly thing in America, does. You have to endure to the end, the word of God tells us. Ecclesiastes 9, 5 says, For the living know that they shall die. You mean the others don't know that they shall die? What does that mean to you? The living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. You're talking about the spiritual. If you are in Christ, truly spiritual, you should know there's coming a time that you're going to be crossing Jordan, that you're going over into a different world, a different kingdom. But it says those who are dead to the things of God, they don't know. They just go about their everyday life. Job says this, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds or boundaries that he cannot pass. I mean, if God says... I don't know if I'm popping on this thing or driving me crazy. If God says... You're going to live to 73 years old, six months, four weeks, and two days, and four seconds. I'm not going to go past that. That's what God says. That's where it is. That's it. He's the beginning and the end of my life. He points all this out, and He expects you and I to live accordingly. Accordingly. I don't think we do in America. I think my whole life for my... I guess if you want to say the whole ministry or whatever you want to say uh, that I have had, it has been to try to provoke the church to live for God, like never before. And as I do that, I am provoking myself. I am not saying someday you'll get up here with me. Oh my gosh, no. I just see how lax that we are and how lax we are with the Word of God. Now do you understand? What would you exchange for your soul? Do you even think about your soul? Do you feed your soul? 1 Peter 1, 17 says this, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. In other words, that means, you ever been called to the principal when you were young? You go, oh no, oh no, oh no. Back when I used to paddle. Who went to school when I paddled? All right. You remember going to the principal or your gym teacher? He was the one that usually fired you up. You didn't go there. <laughs> I don't care. You went there. Oh, no. And when parents were normal, then you'd get it at home. But they're not normal anymore. And so God, you, would, you would sojourn that time in fear. Like I would be bad until my dad got home. Then I was fearful. Till i heard the garage door open then i knew my fun was over and the lord is saying look do you understand this god is going to judge every person in this room according to his works according to what he has done for god what he has done and not and what he should have done but didn't do this is all going to be laid out and there's no way of you getting around it none at all so god by his grace through Peter says, and he tells us, so you need to do this journey in reverent fear of what's coming. The judgment of God is coming. Mark says this, and the cares of this world. Mark warns us here. He says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things enter in and choke the word and it become unfruitful. Do you understand what that's saying to you? People in the world, they don't have the Word in them. It's you and I. It's Christians. And it's saying other things come into our lives and literally, listen, attempt to choke the Word of God out of you until it's absolutely dead. It has no power, no effect anymore in you. It has been choked. The Word of God has been choked. It even says by other lusts. And the lust of other things enter in and choke the Word of God. And it becomes unprofitable. not talking about those who don't even know they're dead. It's talking about us. It's talking about you and I. 1 Timothy says this, For the love of money is the root of all evil. That's this gain, and I've I got to take another job, and I've I got to do this, and I'll work triple time instead of anything that uh, has to do with Sunday or passing Wednesday off because you don't come to pray. or We don't do anything that's the keeper of the flame that keeps that flame roaring. Could the Word of God being choked out of you, even now, as you're sitting here? For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, They have erred from the faith. You err from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. The root of all evil, of everything filthy evil that has damned millions, the root is the love of money. Why is an abortion stopped? It's money. Hey, you get X amount of money for a head, can you imagine it? we fall? You get more money for a set of blue eyes? What are you understanding? This is real. It's money. The whole thing is money. It's the root. Drugs, killing people, overdosing left and right, it, the whole thing is money. The root is the love of it. This is what comes in to us as people and chokes the word of God out of us. Alcohol, drugs. Why don't you just stop making it? Are you kidding? It's so much money? I don't know what it costs for a beer. Let's say it's two bucks at the bar. It's like 22 bucks at the ball game. It's all money. They don't care about your lives. It's just choke the word of God out of them until they're they're lifeless. There. You understand the world does have a glory. The world does have a glory, oh, a power, prestige, and wealth. And a pull. Do you feel it? Do you feel the world pull at you? Do you feel it's cold, dead hands around your neck? Trying to choke the Word of God out? You're not know, into church like you used to be. It's, eh, if you come, I'm trying to come. Used to be hot into it. Everything you loved about God, the singing, the worship, and now you're like, eh, pastor's on another rant today you're a clock watcher and you've got it all timed out eh, about this time they'll be doing this So, this time that you better <clears throat> somebody got maybe their hands around your neck I'm telling you the world is deceiving and it destroyed many absolutely many Luke says this 4, chapter 4 verse 5 says and the devil taking him up high into the mountains, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory. What glory are you going after? I want to be like Mike. When I was young, it was Mickey Mano and Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente. What glory are you going after? And the devil said, And all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will give it. The glory to walk in the glory of the world. Is that worth your soul? Would you exchange? Oh, I know, sitting here, you going, no, oh, no way. If they pulled up in a limo with your name on it and held it up for you with millions and babes and airplanes, and you're going to go, oh, no way, I love God. I wish, I hope, but what, you know what? Whatever happened to John Wayne? Maybe if you were in my days, John Wayne was the man. I mean, he, could, he was before Arnold. John Wayne, whatever happened to him? Whatever happened to John Lennon? I'll scream for John. How about Lucille Ball, one of the funniest? Whatever happened to her? Where is she, do you think now? Where is Lucille Ball? She laughing? How about John Kennedy, how about Nelson Rockefeller? Money up to the Empire State Building. He ended up dying nude in his New York apartment, not even in his wife's apartment. That's where he ended up. How about the blonde bombshell, Marilyn Monroe? Wealth, good looks, men tripping over her, her every move. Her life ended somewhere in the 30s, probably by murder. All these people, glamour, diamonds, TV, movies, so many cameras going off. You ever watch that? You ever watch some of the whoever these people are speaking? and they got a hundred people, and you hear them cameras just going. You don't think that feeds you, that power? Do you feel those hands around your neck? How about Elvis, the king, the king of rock and roll? All the girls screaming like crazy after him, found dead in the bathroom floor, OD'd. How about all these powerful, powerful, powerful dictators of the world? All these fools that we have now in leadership? How about Mussolini, Stalin? How about all these people, Napoleon? How about Adolf Hitler? Where are they now? Adolf was going to conquer the world, and it sure looked like he was. I mean, probably in a few weeks, England would have fell, it wasn't for the mercy of God. One of the big turning points of the whole war was the um, Battle of Midway. Do you guys, anybody know anything about World War II anymore? I don't even know if our kids know anymore. A crucial, crucial battle. I think they're making a movie of it. It's maybe coming out in a week or so. And the whole thing was going to be ruined because the Japanese had scout planes, and he saw all the American ships. And the Americans were fighting to defeat Hitler, deliver the Jews. He gets on his radio. What happened? To report them his radio wouldn't work. It didn't work. I believe God said, it ain't working. And because of that, America had a great victory and swung the whole war on that day. Just because the man's radio wouldn't work. Other than that, we'd all have a different life right now. An unbelievable different life. So where are all these people? 1 Peter 1 says this, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither, and the flower thereof fadeth away. That's where my grass is right now. I mean, I swear in April, May, sometimes even Judah was so wet this year, you could hear it growing. And now it's just laying there. There's no strength. It's not standing up. Nothing's just flat. And that's us. That's what our lives are. You can be strong and growing up. Three, four, learning to walk. 10, 12, 15, playing ball, 20, 21, 30, lifting weights, powerful, jerking them things up like I used to, and then you're 40, and then you're 50, and you're 60, and you're 70. What's the profit? All these guys that huge muscles on top of muscles, on top of muscles. Go look at them now when they're my age. What profit? How about these Nick Jaggers and have all these people? They're still singing at 70 years old, trying to be young. Here, to here. How silly! Wouldn't you like to see them people and say, Dude, do you understand where you're heading? Do you understand what's going to happen to you? You're going to stand before Almighty God and give account of everything you've done in your life. I wouldn't want to be Michael Jordan. No way. I don't want to be like Mike or Magic or Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Britney Spears, none of them. Madonna, Oprah, please. Why would I be? They're lost. So she lives 50 years in splendor and then dies and stands before God. That's what you're going to do. Bill Gates. How about the guy that did the uh, iPad, iPhone? What's his name? What's his first name? Steve Steve Jobs. I think he died of what, pancreatic cancer or something? You could see him standing. He's about this wide. And he couldn't find, I don't know if he found life for a soul. I don't know. I don't know if he did. Oh, but he invented the iPad and the iPhone and i this and i that. Interesting, everything's i i this i i i. Interesting, he calls it Apple. You see the back of the picture of the on the phone? The apple has a bite out of it. You're going to stand before God. You're going to take things out of the Bible. <sighs> You wanna be him? Would you exchange everything now So you? If they came in and said, um, we're going to pick someone here and give him all of Steve Jobs' money. Just all you gotta do is sign your soul over. Would you put your hand up? If you did, you would need shock treatment. You, you would need something quick. Exodus thirty-four twenty-nine says this, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not that his skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Now, Now we're going to talk about the glory you should go after. Not the one that Marilyn Monroe went after and John Wayne and all these people. They weren't created to go over that glory, they were deceived. The word of God got choked out of them and it became lifeless and there it sat. But not in you, hopefully. This should be the real for you. Your face, his face shone with the glory of God while people talked to him and he didn't even know it. Close communion with God will physically affect you. Close communion with God will physically affect you. It affected Moses. His face had the shining appearance that was so noticeable that both the leaders and the people were afraid to get near him. He didn't know it. It wasn't some silly cartoon shining. God did something special, supernatural that his face, his countenance glowed with the power of God, was radiant, and people were like, what, this is spooky, what's going on? Did you ever ask for that? I know you'll probably chuckle. I thought about not writing this down, but I did. I've asked for it. I have. Now, maybe not lately. And I remember one time going into a doctor's office. You know, the waiting room that you wait for, and I went, okay, God, let's go. I wanted my face to shine. Uh, I, To all my heart, I didn't believe I was doing it to be a big shot, for my glory... I wanted the presence of God in here to make everybody uncomfortable. You know when you go in and sign? I want to put my name in. It's like... <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> but I, I did. Hey, I take this stuff literally, don't you? You were supposed to. The Word of God. Why shouldn't we look different? You do look different. Do you understand that? You do. Anybody watch the World Series? I played so much baseball, I can't stand it. But when it comes to the World Series, I'm bored. My wife's wounded and operating in the bed. So, all right, I'll turn it on. And this one dude on the national team kept my interest. Very good ball player, played third, which I did at times. Unbelievable. And they would say, This guy's not, it's like nothing affects him. He's like, has no heartbeat. And I'd look at him, and I'm telling you, there was something special about him. And at the end, not right, at the end, I never knew it. I sent it to a bunch of you that this guy's his testimony was I want to be more of a Christian than a ball player. I can't even remember his name. Played third base for the Nationals. You can you can see the presence of God on people. When they spend time with God, it affects your presence, your countenance, your health. Your eyes are bright. Doesn't matter if you're 70. It just happens. God does something. Close communion with God affects people. And Moses was spending time. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, his skin of his face showed that they were afraid to come nigh unto him. It's true. You can see it in the face of people. Have you ever looked at someone and said, there's something special. There's something. I bet that's a Christian. They never said a word. You don't know them. Period. It's just how they look. They've spent time with the one that we love. It's true. You live close to God, it affects your physical appearance, especially the face. It's true. You can see a peace, a joy, a love, a godliness in their lives. You can get a sense of it. If you have no idea, something evident on their face, I wonder if they're following Christ. Proverbs says this, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Uh, there are a, a lot of people that look way older than I do, but they're way younger. Because they lived a hard, worldly life. I mean, they, they dove in, they have dived into all the deception and the, and the lust. I'm not talking about, maybe it's booze, maybe it's drugs, but I'm just talking about there's a, there's a hard taskmaster in the enemy and he just whips and whips and whips and you run and run and try to gain and try to gain and then you get old and die. Moses' face reflected God's glory just like the moon reflects the sun. That's the way you should be. That's what you should be going after. Not gain and wealth. Take care of your family, yes. Uh huh. Get your bill paid. Be godly in that area. But man, your eyes should be on the glory of God. Just like Moses became brighter and brighter, that's the way it should be with you. That's what you should be going after. That's where you should be spending your time. Romans tells us this, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Light is a weapon. It's a weapon. It will keep you protected. You might not even know it. What's going on around you. If the Lord would pull back the veil in the spiritual world right now, you'd probably all pass out. Seriously. Of what's going on around us. The spiritual realm that's going to always be. This is so temporal, so very, very temporal. I mean, if you've been here or been with me for the 30-some years, you see the change. I mean, it's just temporal. I look at some of the times I've baptized some of our married people who have adults. Bruce and I, man, we look good. We look fit and dark hair and thin and strong, and now we'd have to help each other in the to go baptize someone in a... That's the truth. The Bible says, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's an illustration of like taking your clothes off. Taking dirty clothes off and putting nice clothes on. You are to do that. God says, this is what you are to do is your time here. Cast them off. When you get dressed every day, you dress appropriately. Now what on earth would you think if I came in gym shorts and torn sweatshirt, to do my preaching this morning. I mean, don't tell me you wouldn't bother. Yes, it would. It would bother you. When I get up this morning, I know I'm not going to cut grass. I'm not going to burn leaves. I'm not going to smell like, you know, fire. I'm going to be preaching. So I dress appropriately for what I'm going to do and where I'm going. That's what God says you Christians ought to be doing. No matter where you're at, you dress appropriately. You put on Christ. You don't put on the factory mentality because you work in a factory, or the truck driver beep mentality, beep, blah, beep, because you're a truck driver. No, you put on Christ. That's what you are to do. He's saying, The night is far spent, buddy. Now, you might be sitting out there and thinking, Young, and I'm glad I'm 16. Too bad you're 70, Pastor. Well, what happens if the Lord's coming back in six months? You don't know when God's coming back. He could come back before really, truly, and I finish, and that's going to be real someday. Truly real, but we live like it's not true. The armor, it's the armor of light. This is is the idea of Christ, you putting on Christ. This is what you should be going after. This is what true gain is. This is what your household needs, men. It really does. God will bless and take care of the other stuff. Now I want you to listen. I'm going to read. I want you to look at the glory of the new covenant. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation so it makes a little more sense. These, you understand this is instructions from the Word of God. If you was in the military, you got orders from the chief and you did them, or else you ended up in the brig. These are orders from our chief and our commander, which is Almighty God. And if you are a child of God, you've given yourself to God, you're in His army. And His uniform is you put on Christ. You understand? They told me what to wear every morning in the military. If I wanted to dress up and they're telling me you put on them green fatigues, you put them on. You understand how uh, quick they would be on my case if a hundred of us are lined up and are all fatigue, 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 fatigue. I'm in dress blues. Fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. They'd be in my face in a second all over me. Yeah, You understand how odd you stand out in front of God when you do not have Christ put on? You're not going to get away with it. Here, listen. Here's the new covenant. talks about the old way first. It says this, The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. That's the old covenant. It says, Shouldn't we expect a far greater glory under the new way? now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Shouldn't we, as people here? The Old Covenant was great, was awesome, because it, it was the teacher. It brought us to a point where we were unable to do it. And then Christ came and showed us. It was our schoolmaster, the Old Testament. So it says, shouldn't we expect a far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, How much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? You walking with the Spirit of Almighty God, it shall be in you now, it says. 10 says, in fact, this first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. We are without excuse. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? All of you should be walking in the glory of God no matter what you're going through. Since this new ways gives such a confidence, we can be very bold. Verse 13 says, We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the Jews now the same veil covers their minds, so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be re- removed only by believing in Christ. If you're like, "What on earth he talking about?" that that you need to be born again. If you don't have a clue, or if you used to remember, you just don't. You better get some stuff together because. Your grass is fading. It's fading. So, says verse 15 yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil and they don't understand. 16 says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 18 says, for all of us who have had their veil removed can see, listen, and reflect the glory of the Lord. You should be reflecting the glory. You should be. Just like the moon does faithfully all the time. The moon reflects the glory of the S-U-N. And people are amazed, and scientists are amazed. Full moon, quarter moon, half moon, new moon. And it's just a type of of what the Word of God says you should be doing as you sojourn here, as a foreigner in this country. But I don't know if we do. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed in His glorious image. You should be changed. There should be an obvious change. We should notice a change. Just like when you go and change clothes. King James, everyone likes that one. That verse for King James says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. As you get closer and closer to the brilliance of God, it should be seen in your life. Again, Peter says, For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. The word of the Lord. If you put it in you, and in your children, and you live it, and you shine and beam in front of their lives as much as humanly possible, it will be forever. Let's stand.